We're back after a bit of time off with episode 8 of Riverland Footy Folklore and of course once again we are brought to you by BJR Painting Services. They've got you covered for all of your indoor and outdoor painting needs. Check out their Facebook page for more information. Our guest today is one of the Riverland's most decorated footballers in recent years. 224 games for Berry, captain from 2008 to 2016 including the 2010 Premiership, Willis medalist in 2015, nine-time RFL Team of the Year member, three-time club best and fairest, a member of the illustrious RFL 100 players for 100 years, and of course, a nine-time Eastern Zone rep, including the winning team of 2008 and a five-time country rep. Peter Safalidis, welcome. Thanks, mate. Um, just checking, have you pressed record? Yes, we have yep. this time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You're going to upload it to the cloud straight we're, after we're done? Or? Well, we recorded last time and uh, it was about probably six, seven weeks ago now, maybe a little bit long, eight weeks ago, and of course... Uh, I had some phone troubles and I lost the recording, <laughs> so here we are again. That's right. I can't remember anything that happened last time, so we'll, we'll do it again that's, fresh. I think that's because we had a few too many of these cheeky beers. But <laughs> All right, so but before we get to SAF, we're very lucky enough to be joined by Pete and Donna's girls, Willow and Tia. Thanks for joining us, girls. That's okay. Very good. Now, I understand that you two did the MS Readathon this year in, in August. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And how many books did you read each? Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's a contest to read, read books. Um, I think we got 20. But we got 40. 40, 40 altogether? 45. 45 altogether. That's amazing. So you read 45 books in a month. All together. That's, so, so when you did you read them at school? Did you read them at home? Did you... At home and school. Yeah, cool. That's Both. excellent. And what were your fa- what was your favourite book? Um, Ella Diaries. Yeah, and what was that one about? Um, it is about it's a diary disaster, and it's about um Peach and Ella. Peach does break into Ella's diary, mm-hmm. and Ella isn't not happy about that. And Peach does write little notes about her diary in there. Sounds great. What about you, Tia? My favourite is Ella at Eden, and it's about the main character from Ella Diaries um, at high school, and she goes to a boarding school, and it's called Eden College, and someone's stealing all the students at Eden's College and the teacher's stuff. Fantastic. So you're both into the same, same kind of books. That's great. And so how much money did you raise? Do you know? 340 $340, that's fantastic. You must be very proud. Mm-hmm. What about mum and dad? Are they pretty proud as well? Yes, yeah. and definitely. Do you, and do you know why you were raising the money? Because, because we, were, um, we were helping mum and other people with people in their family with MS. Excellent, that's fantastic. You girls have done a great thing, did you know that? That's really, really mm-hmm. good. I'm really happy to tell you that I work for a place called Mark's Up and our sponsor... BJR Painting Services, between us two, we're going to sponsor you $50 each as well. Would you like that? Thanks. Yeah? Thank you. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, girls. And uh, you've done a really good thing for mum. Well done. That's okay, and thanks. Bye. No worries. Bye, girls. So you must be pretty proud of the girls, Seth, that they've you know really chipped in. It's not just this year with the um, MS Readathon. They've done it previous years as well, and to... Um, to get around around their mum, um, who obviously Donna, who suffers from MS. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, they really understand what it's all about, and they like to say that they've they're doing it to help other people who are worse off. Because mm-hmm. obviously Donna's pretty fit and healthy and yeah. doing really well. So yeah, the girls like to say, yeah, there's other people out there that need the help, and they want to get involved in the cause. So that's great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, for Donna, like you say, Donna's healthy and fit, so everyday life is pretty good most of the time, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, pretty spot on at the moment. Um, yep. Probably when we first moved to the Riverland, she was having a fair few issues, um, having some re- relatively serious attacks and stuff, which took her a while to recover from. But mm-hmm. yeah, at the moment, she's going really well. Um, she's on a new drug, which she's been on since we sort of pulled up stumps on having kids. Um, and yeah, it's doing the trick. And probably for the last 10 years or so, she's been fit and healthy. You know, she does CrossFit every day and is yeah, going really well. Yep, fantastic. And obviously, we spoke to the girls about um, the MS Readathon. People can still donate. Um, where, where can they go to donate, mate? Uh, yeah, there's a there's an online link which the 
which you can still donate on. It's still open, even though the, the readathon's done. So mm-hmm. yeah, if anyone wants to, I'm sure they can chuck a little sneaky donation in there. Beautiful. We know that everyone's always got a cause these days and lots of people are sort of fundraising for different things. So no pressure, but yeah, it'd yep. be good if anyone wants to. Yep, fantastic. And what, what does that money go towards? Uh, it goes towards helping families who have got MS and I think there's a there's a, a camp that they put on where there's a bit of education and a bit of fun for families of someone who's got MS so yeah the girls know know that and they've seen sort of pictures and videos of what it's all about so it looks pretty cool and good yep. course. Terrific okay so let's go back to the start mate so you of course grew up in Adelaide um, what was footy like for you growing up in, in the metro area? Yeah so obviously my dad was a massive Norwood man he'd grown up sort of next door to Norwood Oval since mm-hmm. he moved to Australia. And um, so I was always kind of Norwood games and then the yep. Crows came in and yeah, I was all over my footy and started playing at school and then moved into club footy sort of in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a name like Saffrolitis, is that Greek heritage and was soccer ever on the cards or was it always AFL? Yeah, funny, like my dad came over from Egypt. Um, There's a lot of Greeks living in Egypt at the time and he came over here when he was five years old and he played soccer. Yep. Um, but grew up next to Norwood Oval and I think there was a hole in the fence somewhere that he used to sneak in and watch all the games and he, yeah, even though he played soccer, he loved footy and mm-hmm. yeah, there was never any sort of, I've always loved soccer and so has he, but we, yeah, I never went that way. You do get down to a few Adelaide United games, that's for sure, I'm well aware of that. I do, Sport yeah, the yeah, love my soccer, love lots of other sports too, but sort yep. of foot, footy and cricket where my main goes as a kid. Yep. So you, you said you spent a lot of time at, uh, at the parade watching Norwood play, but you end up spending time with Sturt as a young fella. Can you t- tell us about what that experience was like? Yeah, I did. I ended up playing for Sturt for about six years and absolutely loved it. Um, it's funny actually being a Norwood supporter with a sort of Norwood mad dad <laughs> growing up playing for Sturt because mm. in under-17s I'd be wearing my Sturt shirt and tie and after the game we'd head off to wherever Norwood's league team were playing. So I'd end up you know, at the parade or at Albert and Oval wearing a Sturt <laughs> shirt and tie, watching Norwood play Port and getting abused by both sets of supporters. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a way to uh, toughen you up, that's for sure, mate. Uh, but senior footy after after your time at Sturt, you moved on to um, uh, Goody Saints, is that right? Yeah, I did. Um, I'd actually been playing at Plimpton, which, yeah, okay. which I loved. Um, loved that club, but was sort of moving into seniors at Sturt, I was told I needed to find a Div 1 club. Mm-hmm. Um, my uncle lived next door to Goodwood Oval and I'd watched a few games there and also my my coach at Sturt under-19s, who actually I caught up with him yesterday, um, Trevor Hill, he was the A-grade coach at Goodwood that year and yeah, ended up um, good mate Simon Brooks and I headed out to Goodwood to play and yeah, never looked back, we, we loved it. Yep. Um, Goody Saints still holds a pretty dear place in your heart, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Well, just yesterday I was down watching the boys win yet another premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to play in a flag there in 05, so it was a pretty special one actually because 2004 we had we had one of those teams that people were just talking about as being unstoppable. We had talent galore and, um, yeah, we had a really good year, finished top of the ladder, and we had that sort of top five scenario where you – you know, you win the first, you have a week off, win the first final, have another week off and yeah. then play the grand final. And I know the club had sort of a marquee booked to attach to the club rooms and, you know, DJ and jukebox and all that sort of stuff because it was pretty accepted that we were going to win. And um, I think maybe as players we believe that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we lost that one. But the next year we lost about half our team mm-hmm. and we ended up with just a core of guys that, Really love Goody Saints Footy Club and just played absolute team footy. And we ended up being the only team to ever come from fifth spot and win in, div, in Division yeah, right. 1. So, so we had to play four games on the way to, to the grand final. Or yeah, four games we, to win the premiership. Yeah, we did. It was pretty special. Um, and away from home as well. So, yeah, we won the first final against Broadview at Broadview, which was um, a fairly comfortable win. And then the semi-final, we played Ross Trevor mm-hmm. at Ross Trevor. And it was a wet, muddy day. And I, I remember at halftime, we were about six goals to two down and a couple of air players, one in particular I knew, we could sort of get them stuck into us and we we set ourselves at halftime and came back. We tied the scores up with about 30 seconds left um, with a point and then we won by about five goals in extra time. And then the week after that, we played Henley at Henley in the prelim 
earlier in the year, we'd probably only just snuck into the finals due to a like, one-point win against Henley, who'd been undefeated at the time. Yep. Um, and we beat them by two points in the prelim. And then we won the grand final at Adelaide Oval against Gazer pretty comfortably. So, Beautiful. Yeah, so, I mean, I've rambled on about that a bit. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty special premiership. And, um, yeah, especially for me, I mean, that's the last game I played for Goody Saints and moved to moved to Barry only a couple of weeks later. Yeah, nice way to go out. Um, you moved up here because Donna was already here, is that right? She was already teaching here? Yeah, that's right. Donna was here that year and um, she travelled down every every week to see me. She was leaving Friday nights and getting to Adelaide at sort of 6 o'clock yep. and then she was leaving at 5am Monday mornings to come back for work. So, yeah, it was always sort of the agreement with, with us that at the end of that year I finished uni and... Um, I'd actually done all my uni assignments before the grand final, even though they weren't due for a few weeks. So <laughs> I'd, I'd tick that box off. Um, we played the grand final and then we went on footy trip. And I went from footy trip in Melbourne to Adelaide Airport and then jumped straight in the car and yeah, came to Bury. Yep. Was that the priority of putting uni first or was it the priority of putting <laughs> footy and footy trip first? It sounds like the latter. <laughs> um, well, I finished that last uni assignment and um, you used to be able to drop it in the box at the at the uni whatever time. So I reckon I finished it about midnight one night yep. and um, didn't even check it or anything and just printed it off and went and <laughs> dropped it in the box. So I think mean, you can tell from that. I was probably a little bit of a uh, peace get degrees man. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd done enough to get through the course and I thought, well, yeah, I wanted it out of the way before the grand final. I didn't want it yep. weighing on my mind. For sure. Uh, now, when you came up here, was it always Barry that you were going to play football for or, or did other clubs come in, into the equation? Because Barry was battling at the time, weren't they, a little bit? Uh, I think Barry made the finals the year before but sort of just missed out and we, lo- we lost quite a few in that off-season. Mm-hmm. Um, Bob Orland was on to me really early, so Barry were the first club that had spoken to me. Donna was living in Barry, and obviously I was going to be living in Barry. Bob was of... the president at the time, is that right? Or... Uh, Bob, no, uh, Barry Leathers was the president. Yes, yep. Yeah, Bob was involved there somewhere, as he always is. He was the team manager and mm-hmm. involved. I think he's on the committee as well. Yep. Um, but yeah, I spoke to Barbara. I had a, Donna was friends with um, Tam Jury or now Tam Gilgan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Corey's the connection with Barbara there. And I had yeah, I had a chat with um, Glenn Millard and Mark Tyrrell. Um, there was also lots of uh, talk around it. At Goodwood, of a few people trying to get me to stay there for one more year just to travel back. Yeah. Um, so that was a factor, and there was also a little wild card thrown in that um, Trevor Hill, who I spoke about before, got the league job at Norwood. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we were on footy trip with Goodwood, and we found out he got the league job at Norwood. And I sort of gave him a call and said, "Oh, what do you reckon if I came out and sort of had a crack at league footy again?" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was making no promises, but was happy for me to come out. And like, he'd had a big influence on my footy career. Yeah. Um, probably turned me into a much better player, um, much more attacking player than I was previously. Um, so I thought if ever, anyone's ever going to give me a fair crack, it's um, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those first few weeks here were pretty uh, pretty tough trying to, trying to work out what to do. But I'm glad in the end I decided to yeah, go with Barry because it's yeah. been, been really good for footy career and my, also my career and my life. Was it the uh, Baz lighting up a smoke in the in the me- first meeting with you that uh, got you over the line? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first meeting was funny. It was um, it was very glamorous. We are in the little little coach's room, which doubles as the umpire's room on a Saturday. Yeah. And uh, I was in there with Baz and uh, Albie Brand and Bob. And uh, yeah, Baz lit up a smoke. I think they'd given me a... One of those little nippies orange juices, which is yeah. which is a nice gesture. But yeah, we're sort of talking there, and Bob's telling me what a blue collar club it is, and Baz lights up a smoke, and Albie Brand's kicking him under the table, table and elbowing him. And <laughs> I mean, Baz used to smoke without even knowing that he yeah. was smoking, so he didn't even realise he was doing it. <laughs> um, sort of for, fast forward to now, and um, since he had his since he had his health issues and had his stroke, he's completely giving up smoking cold turkey without yeah. doing anything but without any patches or anything but yeah, in those days he just smoked yeah. without even realizing he was doing it so yeah it might have been what got me over the line there <laughs> <laughs> i felt at home that, uh, i like that story because i think it just says a fair bit about um the uh you know sort of the the person that baz is you know he's just your down-to-earth bloke and he's been he's very much loved personally at your football club isn't he 
He is. And I mean, those three guys that I was in that meeting with, Baz, Bob and Albie, like, you couldn't get any more Berry Football Club than those three. And yeah. yeah, after I'd had a think about it and signed up, it was funny, actually, like they're all pretty happy and said, oh, yeah. and Albie said to me, oh, you want to come up to my place for a snort? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, no, I, don't, I reckon I've got to go home for dinner. <laughs> Thinking it might be something a bit yeah. different. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way. You can never understand what Albie's talking about until you know him and understand all his different like, language that he's got. Terminology. He's got, he's got his own vocabulary. <laughs> but yeah, Bob and Baz sort of said, oh, come on, come on, come up. We're, we're all happy you've signed up. Yep. And I said, well, okay, but what's a snort? <laughs> and Albie goes, it's a beer, mate. <laughs> yeah, all right, then. I bet your mind was pretty pleased then after, yeah. It was probably, uh, you're probably worrying what... You, what you got yourself into for a little bit there. Um, it didn't take you long to make your mark on Riverland Footy once you were here, mate. You you were selected to represent the Eastern Zone team, which you became a an integral member of over the next decade, and you were captain in 2010. It's, um, that rep footy is something that you take pretty seriously and something you really enjoyed, isn't it? Yeah, I do love my rep footy and <clears throat> find it really hard to understand why guys don't want to play rep footy these days. Um, such a good experience. It, it makes you better as a footballer. Um, I know there's some people who used to think, or one person particularly used to think that I always played badly the week after I played a rep game. But yep. um, we'll get to him shortly. And that that possibly could be the case, but I think the the weeks after that you just flourish because the experiences you've had, the guys that you've played against, the things you've learnt from different coaches, <laughs> and you know I really love my rep footy. Not just the players who are involved year after year when we had such a good zone team, but also. You know, the trainers and stuff that were on board, you know, you had Neil Uzzle and Spratty from Lamoureux and mm-hmm. like you just had these guys and um, Chuck Curran was our team manager for a few years there when we were with the Barossa and yep. you just formed this bond and friendship with all these footballers and people from all over the state and um, yeah, we, we had our own little footy club there which was really successful. Yeah, there were a couple of years where a few boys were, went out on uh, the night before the finals, is that right? I understand you weren't too happy with them. <laughs> no, I've never been too happy when that's happened. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty regular occurrence, not just by the Eastern Zone team. Yeah, well, I was probably a beneficiary the, the first time it happened when I was around because it was the Sunday where there was a few guys who were sort of in the state team, you know, the mock-up state team on the Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And um, they rocked up on the Sunday and a couple of those guys could barely get out of bed let alone play football and yeah. I ended up sort of moving from the back pocket into the midfield and ended up making the state team that year um, yeah, nice. so even though I was unhappy with those guys probably helped me that time that was sort of a sixth place playoff but um the time that really bothered me was when we made the final which I reckon the year might have been the 2015 mm-hmm. um 2015-16 around that mark and um yeah, there was a few, well, not a few, probably 12 guys who decided that they were going to skip the team quiz night, um, which Neil Uzzler had organised and headed out to a few pubs and um, decided that, to have a big one. And I was actually feeling a bit sick that, that week and um, I was in bed with uh, Matty Allen in my room, another mm-hmm. Berry boy who was in the squad and we, we woke up to the sounds at 5am of some of our teammates rocking home throwing up and... Yeah. Yeah, the next day, you can imagine, we lost the final. And, um, yeah, I I went around the room and shook hands with all the guys that didn't do that and sort of said, thanks, it was good to play with you. And the other guys also skipped past. Yeah. That would have been mostly non-Riverland people, I'd imagine. Uh, There's a fair few from the Barossa in that crew, but there was was three or four Riverlanders in there as well. So, yeah, not, not ideal. Yeah. I might have mentioned it a few times to some of those guys. I was, was going to ask that. Um, you also had a fair crack for SA Country against the the Metro team. I think it was five times. Was it weird representing the the country team, given you'd given, uh, you'd grown up in the city? Yeah, it was a bit strange being seen as a sort of a country boy, um, but it was it was good fun. Those city country games are always good. They're normally curtain raises to an AFL game. And um, one time I actually got to get play against Goody Saints, which was interesting. I think mm-hmm. not sure what happened with the amateur league that year, but um, Goody Saints actually represented the amateur league, um, yeah. which turned out to be a bit of a blowout. Unfortunately, like they'd lost a few players from the year before, and you know, one club against a variety of players from different clubs is yeah. a bit of a mismatch. But um, yeah, I always enjoyed those games, and always enjoyed the guys I played with, and. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was great that there was a few Riverland boys in the in those teams as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, now, so when you're back at Berry, obviously you played under a lot of different coaches. Um, you played under a bloke by the name of of Grant Russell, who had a bit of a health scare at his, in his after his first game, the club, or second game in the club. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Yeah, he did. I, I mean, I shouldn't laugh. He nearly, he nearly died. But yeah. um, <laughs> oh, it was. It's just the whole scenario the surrounding yeah. it. Was, yeah, it was quite funny. Like, you know, he'd come in as this career coach and had us had us up and going for round one. Um, we played a night game against Wakery. We ended up losing, but it was it was a good game of footy and a high-scoring game, and there was really high hopes around for the season ahead. Um, we had a bit of a big night that night. Mm-hmm. The next day at recovery, we're down there at the river, and there's a couple of guys, luckily, who had a, a meeting scheduled with Grant. Um, a couple of travellers before they went home and they couldn't find him. So the word started to get around that, you know, they'd knocked on his door and they couldn't find mm-hmm. him anywhere. So everyone sort of started looking for him, yep. <laughs> you know, looking in all the normal places that he might be and couldn't find him. Um, and it came to, in the end, a few guys knocked his door down um, and found him in a coma in the hallway. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Yeah, they reckon when they went in there, there was just paper with game plans all over the place. Like he was obsessed with footy. Yep. But yeah, I can remember sitting at Albie Brand's house and hearing him um, in the chopper getting flown to Adelaide. Mm-hmm. And it got, I mean, from our end, it seemed like it was pretty serious. And um, we were talking caretaker coaches and yeah, yeah, I'd been hit up to take training that week just until we could organise a caretaker coach. So. Yeah, I was all sorted to take training and yeah. So this was all on the Sunday, Monday this was happening after yeah. after your first game. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I remembering it was actually school holidays and it might have been World Cup cricket or World Cup soccer or something was on and I'd been up really late the night before and um I was sort of having a little snooze during the day, which isn't normally like me, but training was that night. Um and I got this phone call. I wake up, picked up the phone, and this voice comes on, Saf, it's Grant. <laughs> That's my best Grant Russell voice. <laughs> um, but he's gone, everyone thinks I'm dead, don't they? <laughs> and, and inside I'm thinking, well, just about, but you know, I didn't say that. I said, oh, no, no, of course not, Grant. And he said, make sure Reese does some work with the ruck bags tonight. <laughs> Thank yep. you. He's talking Reese Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll be there Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. See you later. So he's had this massive health scare <laughs> and uh, he's, he's back at training on the, on yeah, the Thursday night. And all he's worried about is when Reese is doing a bit of ruck work at training. Yeah. <laughs> so Thursday, he somehow conned Bob Wallen to, or conned the hospital to let him out for a start with, mm-hmm. and then conned Bob Wallen to drive him home. And he's rocked up just as we're about to start training and walked out onto the oval with one hand in his pocket. And you could tell one side of his body wasn't moving that well. Yeah. Um, and he just rolled out there and just said something along the lines of, I'm not too, not feeling too well, so I'm going to go home and um, I'll see you on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. It's but, pretty remarkable. I guess it shows his commitment to, to footy, like you say, his career coach and somebody who just lived and breathed footy. Oh, he was so committed. And that Saturday, I still reckon it's probably the biggest spray I've had in my life at halftime. Yeah. Like he... We were down against Remark by four or five goals and he gave us this massive spray and I was sitting right in front of him. His face went all white and he looked like he was about to pass out. Mm. And I remember about halfway through the third quarter, I looked across and saw him trudging around the boundary line to get back to the bench because obviously the bench at Berry was on the other side of the oval yeah. from our change rooms. And he, yeah, I don't know how he got through it. We ended up winning that game though, so <laughs> there you go. Clearly worked. <laughs> It, it was a. It's probably fair to say he, he was a bit of an unusual bloke and went about things a little bit different. <clears throat> Tell me what trainings were like under Grant, because I could understand they're probably <laughs> a bit different to what we what we go through today. Oh, look, he had a lot of ideas about game plans and stuff, and he was often working on something different, mm-hmm. which was which was good. Um, some of the unusual things, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes we used to do a drill for an hour. Yeah, the like, same drill. Like one drill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he used to, it was a bit of mental conditioning. He used to walk up and he'd go, righto, boys, we're doing this for an hour. Ready, set, and go, and press his stopwatch. Yeah. <laughs> and every now and then we'd have a break for half time. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's half time, go and get a drink and go back to it. 
But <laughs> he was funny. Like we knew all his mannerisms and stuff as well. Like we knew hands on the hips. We used yeah. to call it the teapot. Yeah. Okay, Grant starting to get angry, boys. <laughs> we better lift it here because if you got angry, you didn't know what you could be doing. You could be running for an hour or yeah, anything could be happening. You say you knew all the <laughs> mannerisms, and it's uh, it's true that isn't it that you dressed up as Grant at one of the very club functions? <laughs> yeah, I did, and I was I was a little bit worried when I, <laughs> I was a bit scared about what his reaction was going to be. Now, Grant used to wear black track pants everywhere. Yeah. Um, never shorts. Um, quite often thongs with the black track pants, or if not sneakers, <laughs> and a maroon polo shirt with a pocket there for his smokes to sit in. And it was yeah, it was op shop night at the footy club, and I guess that sort of stuff wasn't too hard to pick up from the op shop. So I had, <laughs> so I had that, and I had the pillow in my in my shirt for yep. the guts, um, <laughs> and I had the glasses. <laughs> and, and so, what was what was Grant's reaction? <laughs> oh. You know what, um, he didn't see me pop in and they were doing presentations and then they called out his name to come up and present the awards and I just stood up and started walking to the front. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he looked over and I was I was really worried and he just burst out laughing. So, <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, despite what a grumpy guy Grant could be, he had a, he had a good sense of humour and he loved having a joke. So <laughs> he, he took that one well, luckily. Very good. <laughs> Uh, so you're listening to Riverland Footy Folklore, brought to you by BJR Painting Services, uh, and we are here with special guest Peter Safralidis. Things changed, I guess, so after after Grant left, and and Rod Hankin came to the club, and um, you know, sort of set you guys on a different path, didn't it? Um, yeah, he did, but I, I would still I would still say we need to give Grant a bit of credit for that as well. Like, yeah. you know, he set up a lot of things. He taught us a lot about hard work and resilience, mm-hmm. and. Um, that team we had in 2009 was not that far off the team we had in 2010. So, you know, we'd sort of, we'd sort of built that team. Um, there's a really good committee. We had some young guys on the committee, you had like Tom, Tom Leverins and Tony Romeo and Chris Bart, along with, yeah, like Wilstons and Baz and Bob and those sort of people. Mm-hmm. Um, of course I'm probably forgetting a few, but we had a really good committee. Um, and Grant had actually gone to the committee. It might have been 08, I reckon, where Grant had written a couple of pages of stuff and I remember going over it with him of things that the club needed to improve and work on. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we were doing some great stuff, like socially and doing up facilities and just in the way we were building a team, um, you know, not trying to take anything away from Rod because he, he was awesome and finished the job for us perfectly. But I reckon there were some there were some building blocks there that Rod came in and built from. Yeah. So what, what they... What they both achieved at the club probably complemented each other perfectly in a way. I reckon, yeah. I mean, if we kept Grant for 2010, then it might have gone the other way. So he probably he probably did his job and it was time to go. Mm-hmm. And um, Rod was just a breath of fresh air and the boys were so keen to have him as coach. Like, he's just his uh, his attitude and how up and about he was and his, his tactics and yep. just how much he had the boys up and going was unbelievable and... You know, he had everyone wanting to play footy for him. Yeah, excellent. And, of course, in 2010 came that uh, that famous premiership, the first one since 2002. Um, big games from Pumper, uh, Marty Barber, Steve Raider, Jake Langdon. They all had pretty big days. You had a pretty special group that year, didn't you? And like you say, probably the year before as well. Yeah, yeah, we did have a pretty special group. And, like, uh, I think that people have got this thing that it was our centenary year and we went out and spent a lot of money to win the flag. Mm. And... Like I said, you look at 2009 and most of those guys were there. And yeah, we had two travellers in 2010. And that was Jay Warland and Ty Allen, mm-hmm. both Berry boys. Yep. Um, we had two major recruits from outside the area, um, which is Pumper and Beachy. Yep. Um, Pumper I'd played with um, for SA Country and so he knew he was on the move and got Rod onto him. And Rod obviously did well to recruit him there. And Beachy was one of my best mates from school. That, and both of those guys live here now. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Beachy's lived here ever since and Pumper obviously moved away for a while and now he's back. So, mm-hmm. you know, to to pin it on you know, money and stuff is probably probably not really close to the mark. I think we just had a special group of guys that were really keen to, you know, do great things. And I can remember towards the end of 2009, we had a game against Loxton North where I reckon Geordie Franks kicked 11 goals or something. And mm-hmm. After that day, I sort of said, oh, I reckon we're under something pretty special here. Um, we've got a group that has got the basis there for a good team. 
And when I think about that, even I think about when we recruited BG and um, we sat around with Donna and Donna's parents and Donna's grandpa and um, wrote up a pros and cons list for him because yeah. <laughs> uh, he was just, he wanted to, he wanted to move. He wanted to move out of Adelaide. He loved the idea of moving to the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's where he was in his life. He had lots of pros and cons. And one thing he really wanted to do was win a premiership. Yeah. Um, and he didn't want to leave Foss Camden where he was if they were going to win the flag and we weren't. So one of the things he asked me to was, are we going to win it? Yeah. And your reply was? <laughs> well, I said, I can't guarantee anything, but I said, obviously, we've we've got a pretty good team together. So we've got the core of a great team. We've picked up Pumper, who's the best ruckman in the comp. And if we get you, we've got the best midfielder in the comp. So I said, put those together. If we if we do things right, I reckon we should win it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously didn't want to guarantee, and I know, but <laughs> I know Beachy was stressing towards the end of that year because Foss Camden were going pretty well. Yeah, okay. And um, if we lost, he would have been pretty ropeable. But yeah, it's one of those would... things you can't guarantee. <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen, do you? But history says he made the right call. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, it's funny. Um, he tagged me a little thing on Facebook the other night. He shared it just with me, but. It was him making his speech after he won the 2010 Best and Fairest yeah. and and talking about it and just the, the emotion in it about how much it meant to him and mm-hmm. how much he loved the, the footy club and playing there and you know, how good a decision it was for him was pretty special to, to watch 10 years later. Yep, excellent. Now, is it true that you hurt your ankle pretty badly during that grand final? Is that right? Yeah, I've... Yeah, when you say pretty badly, I guess, um, yeah, badly enough, I rolled it in the second quarter, I think. Murray Middleton tackled me as I was giving off a handball and it sort of twisted underneath me. Um, yeah, it was funny, pre-game, I remember getting strapped up and I had this thing about getting my ankles strapped too tight and I'd ask Doc Wilkes to just, just loosen it up a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that probably wasn't a good idea. Um, but yeah, I went off for a little while. Um, came back on just after half time and sort of I was I was playing in the middle and the change of direction and stuff wasn't going too well. So yeah. I said to Rod, just maybe stick me at half back and run in straight lines and mm-hmm. I'll get through the game and yeah, got through the game okay and yeah. <laughs> good result. So you know, and it's all good. Tr- what about that night? Is it true they had to drag you away from the <clears throat> dance floor you're hobbling around on a, on a bad <laughs> ankle? Yeah, a couple of Couple of club stalwarts. I think it was. Um, I reckon it was Karen, Carolyn, Solly, and Doc Wilkes that like came and got me off the dance floor and said, "You coming yeah. downstairs, putting some ice and compression on?" And I just said, "I don't care." He, no, not playing on the game. Yeah, for I don't have to play for six months. But they yeah. they made me go down and do it. <laughs> and yeah. um, actually, Mad Monday, we were sitting there and at the pub and having a good time and yahooing and carrying on. And Albie Brand rocks in with with Barry Leathers. And, Right, right, let's go, Saf. <laughs> Where are we going? Um, to Dave Badrins. <laughs> so I'm not sure if Dave Badrins ever seen someone at his physio before, sort of in that in that sort of state. <laughs> I had the shaved head because we'd all shaved our heads on the on the Sunday. Yeah, and, I've seen the pics. <laughs> and I was wearing a dress. <laughs> so you got a guy in a dress with a shaved head hobbling in. Yep. Stinking <laughs> to get his ankle checked out. <laughs> well, obviously, that that's, uh, shows how much they were uh, pretty keen to get you back out there in 2011 in the best shape possible. Yeah, they worried I'd do a bit more damage to it. Yeah, um, yeah I thought I had something snap when I did it, but it turned out it was just um, just ligament damage. So yep. yeah, one of those things that sort of hung around all summer and hindered me a little bit, but mm-hmm. probably because my recovery wasn't the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the worst injury. It's just one to get through. And just lastly on that grand final, you played Barmer and Monash, who were obviously a very good side themselves that year. At, at what point did you know you had that one? Because they had you guys on the ropes <clears> in, <throat> in the second sem- on the ropes in the second semi, but grand final obviously went went your way. And um, and while it wasn't close, there must have been a point in that grand final where you've gone, okay, we've got this now. Yeah, pro- probably not till five minutes to go in the game. Really, like yep, that late. You never think about it till then. Um, yeah. Now they kicked a goal in the first ten seconds of the game, and mm-hmm. that, they were a good team. So, you know, whilst we were confident, and right from the start of the year we were confident, um, I think back to our last minor round game of the season where they beat us by a couple of points, and um, 
we were pretty confident after that that we that we had him because our side was sort of chucked around a bit that day and we still nearly won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was never never a lay down was there, never never certain. Um, yeah. Five minutes to go, we started celebrating. We were chipping the ball around and yep. sort of having a good time and hugging each other and stuff. But until then, until then, no, we never want a bloody bank. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Um, obviously, the club sort of battled on and off the field since 2010 as far as um, results go. Uh, but you got to play under a number of different coaches in that time, such as Albie, uh, who we mentioned earlier, Terry Elithriadis as well, and, and more recently, Brian Gates. What did those guys bring to the club? And um, there's been times there where you've had pretty reasonable sides, hasn't it? Yeah, there has been. There's been a couple of years where we're pretty close to it. Like 2012 under Albie was a bloody awesome year. Um, I think everyone loved playing under him. He was so organised. Um, his, his drills at training were just really focused on what we wanted to do on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And his post-game analysis and feedback and stuff was also really good. Um, obviously, with Caden getting drafted at the end of that year, probably – meant that he couldn't go on. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that year we had a team that could have gone all the way, um, had a stinker in our final um, against Loxton North, who won half as many games as we did. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a hot day. They were a running team and did us in with their run. Um, yeah, so he was a really good coach. Um, Terry was just commitment plus. Like... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've never seen a coach take a loss so hard as Terry. Um, and and again, he, he got us up and going. In 2015, where, you know, I think all the time about that semi-final at Loxton North and there was a shot I had in the first quarter that hit the post um, that I thought was going through and I ended up veering around and hitting the post and you know, that, was a, that was a tie um, and we lost in extra time. If not for Darren Marner, with his heroics, I guess we wouldn't have even made it to extra time. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think about that year all the time and how close we were there too. Well, that was the year, of, of course, the, the two tied semifinals, which is you know, unheard of. It was a, a remarkable weekend of footy. <clears throat> yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, it was unreal. The whole comp was so close. You know, like we lost to Waker in that prelim, but we'd beaten them during the year. And yeah, I feel like if we beat Box the North that day, then we might have gone on and won it with the week off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who yeah. knows? And obviously, uh, Booger more recently um, playing under him. What's that been like? Yeah, he's probably a little bit of the Albie mold as well, like very organised and structured. And um, when you train, you really see the purpose behind it. Um, guys love playing under him. He's just got everyone on, at the club on board, and mm-hmm. you know, he's really, really nice guy and great personality. So yep. yeah, I hope that he can do it for a couple more years and take us to some glory. Um, just rewinding a little bit, um, is it true that you didn't pick up a single stat during the game in 2014? <laughs> yes, it is true. It is true. <laughs> I was actually, not to make excuses, I was a bit sick in the lead up to that. But I sort of had this sickness that was lingering for quite a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one one morning got to the point where I had to have a um, scan on my lungs because the doctors thought I might have had a blood clot there. But yeah, can't really make excuses, can I? Not get a single touch. That's pretty, that's pretty pathetic. A blood clot's pretty serious, mate. <laughs> a, it wasn't in the end, mate. But um, yeah, did Darren Marner and Clinton Ridgeway feed you that? Because yeah, they, they love bringing it up. Quite possibly, mate. They, they like to deduct one game from my overall tally. So yeah, it was it was against Remark. Um, Terry knew I was feeling a bit sick. I'd lost a bit of weight and stuff, and he mm-hmm. played me up forward. Yeah. <laughs> and it got to halftime. I had the ball on the halftime siren and yeah. didn't get the handball off in time. <laughs> and I reckon it was about five minutes after halftime, Terry Terry pulled me off and just uh, chucked me the blanket yeah. and said, Saf, you're done, son. <laughs> get, get that on there. You're not coming back on. Because <laughs> um, you didn't like missing games, did you? So obviously, you know, it takes a fair bit. I think you only missed games <clears> up here. For uh, rep footy and and the other one was the broken jaw that you had. Yeah, yeah, that broken cheekbone's the only time I've missed games through injury. So yeah. over sort of an eighteen year senior career, mm-hmm. I've been yeah, very lucky. Um, probably been a few times that I've been, you know, a little bit underdone with niggles and stuff. But yeah, yeah been very lucky. Yeah. Um, at the end of two thousand and fourteen, you got into <coughs> CrossFit, didn't you, to take your try and help you take your game to another level, and obviously. You know, get over some of the uh, repercussions of being ill during that two th- 2014 season. 
Yeah, that was that year where I'd been really sick and yeah. I struggled a bit towards the, the end of the year. And, yeah, I sort of had this feeling that maybe I was on the way down and <laughs> might be nearly finished. So yeah. I thought I'll, I'll put in a big pre-season. I, I signed up to CrossFit and got in there pretty much every day, um, put on three or four kilograms and did better time trials. So yeah. and when I put on the weight, I was sort of a bit worried that that might affect my running, but turned out to be the other way around it actually helped like all those injuries i had like i've got not much cartilage in one of my knees and that problem sort of went away when i started crossfit mm-hmm. assuming because i built the muscle around it yep. um yeah and i started feeling a lot better and the first three or four rounds of that season i really felt like i was strong like i could push guys off more easily i could i could run more and uh, i reckon it really benefited my footy well the proof's in the pudding <clears throat> that uh at the end of the year, yourself and Aaron Dart from Barman One H took out the uh, the Willis Miller's first uh, male medal. Um, you, had you polled well in the medal previously, and and what are your memories of of the night? It's a pretty special moment, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, I hadn't really polled well in the medal previously. Like, well, there's a couple of years there where I thought I'd had a fairly good season and hadn't polled really well. And um, as you said, or as I just said as well, like I started that season really well, and a lot of my votes came mm-hmm. early on. Um, Memories of the night, uh, it was a bit of a strange one because that was after we lost that prelim final to Wakery that we were talking about before. So yeah. we'd lost the one in extra time, which was a heartbreak and a loss to North. And then we'd lost by not much to Wakery and could have mm. easily won that. So I guess Willis medal night was our Mad Monday. Um, so we were you know, having a couple of beers and having a good time together and yeah. just sort of enjoying the night. And I didn't think there was any chance that I would possibly... <laughs> Possibly win the medal. I thought maybe maybe the team of the year medal or something like that. Um, so after the first four rounds, when I got I think three, 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 two. Yeah, things changed um, pretty quickly. <laughs> the beers was, were put away and well, on the waters. No, not really actually. No. <laughs> because, yeah, I was sort of up and about, and I think at the RFL I've learned to put the berry table as far away from the stage as I can. Um, we, we were pretty rowdy, and um, David Reed was sitting next to me, Chop, and uh, Chop just said, "Saf." You'd better, uh, you better start thinking about speech here. <laughs> and I was like, nah, nah, that, that'll be it. I won't get any more votes after this. So I was very flippant about it. And yeah. yeah, I didn't get heaps more votes, but I got a few more and obviously enough. So Enough to tell with Daddy, yeah. Yeah, so my speech was definitely uh, not planned in any way. And um, I can't remember what I said. Yeah. Hopefully it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I know the Berry boys on occasion uh, take bets on who they think is going to be in the top three or, or win win the Willis on the night. Did anyone have you that night? Yeah, no, we still do that every year. But I think the last couple of years we've included Berry boys in it, but previously it was only sort of non-Berry players that we mm-hmm. put in there. And so yeah, the Berry guys were excluded. So yeah. I'll say no, but if they did pick Berry boys, I still reckon it would have been no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tell me about Fisher Cups, mate, because they're pretty full-on matches and to those from the outside who don't play in them, it's hard to sort of understand the passion and the rivalry that goes into them. Yeah, look, one of the first things I was sort of told about was the Fisher Cup when I came to Bury that they created this cup and, you know, how special and important it was. Um, so it really does mean a lot. If you have a bad year but you win the Fisher Cup, you've got something to hang your hat on. Yep. And um, if you have a good year and you lose the Fisher Cup, it's a bit the other way around. It's like, geez, we you know, we finished above Barmer, but we they've got that bloody cup. So, mm. you know, I can remember some of the close ones and they normally are pretty close. Um, the ladder positions don't seem to matter, do they? It's a bit like the Anzac Day game. For yeah, not, not as much. I mean, there's a couple of years where the, there was a big differential between the teams and you, you just can't make up, but... Yeah, they don't matter too much. Um, yeah, I always think back to 2009. Um, we were absolutely dominating the game. And I can remember in the last quarter, the Berry crowd sort of going, Berry, doing the chant. And mm-hmm. then Barmer came back and they hit the front. And I can remember having a shot from about 50 metres out on the run. And the whole crowd was up. We were about to hug and high-five each other because it was going through and it landed on the goal line and bounced straight back. Oh, you're joking. One of those ones. Like, there's no one in the goal square. It just bounced straight back and yeah. then the siren went. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, you still think back to that and go, you know, but there's a couple of good ones that we've won. I can even remember really well one that we won when I wasn't playing when Jordy Franks had his first game back at Berry and 
him and Nick Hankin just dominated the game. Um, and then last year we we lost a nail biter too. Mm. We were attacking flat out in that last quarter and only went for about twenty three minutes and we ended up losing. So yeah, I guess that's a long winded answer to your question. But um, yeah, just, yeah but... there's something more. In the, look, there's just that passion there, isn't there? That you guys just want to win that little bit more against Barmer. Yeah, it means a lot. And like a lot of the Barry and Barmer guys are mates with each other, um, yeah. especially through school and yeah, stuff they like grow that. up together. And don't even they? even just work and. I mean, generally the Barmer guys haven't been bad guys, so you know, it's, but it's just something you want to win. You want to have it over them. Bragging rights uh, yeah. throughout the town for the next next five to six weeks, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you've done a bit of coaching as well, um, probably in the last five, six years with the Riverland Sapsaza team and, and now with the West Adelaide Academy teams as well, mate. Um, is that something you really enjoy? Can you see yourself coaching A-grade down the track one, one day? Yeah, and no, I do love coaching and... Um, I could see myself coaching A-grade down the track for sure. Um, at the moment, just happy coaching the Sapsaza team, especially because it's um, sort of doesn't take up the whole season. I think when you're playing, especially at my age and with young kids and stuff, it's mm. it's a lot easier if you can just concentrate on playing rather than worrying about other things. I coached the under-11s at Berry for a couple of years, and one of the great things now is that half the team that I'm playing with are the kids I coach in under-11s, and yep. these under-18 boys that have, had really good seasons the last couple of years. Um, they're, they're all coming up to the A grade as well. A lot of them are the kids that I coach in under 11s and a lot of the opposition players that I play on are the kids I coach in Sapsaza. So mm-hmm. it's really enjoyable to play with and against those kids, but especially the ones that I'm playing with and hoping I can have some success with them the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself outside the football, mate? I mean, I think people that know you know how passionate you are about football and how much you love it. But obviously, there's there's another side to you, to yourself, mate. What, what else do you get into um, away from footy? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I'm a teacher, so mm-hmm. yeah, I enjoy that permanent relief teacher and teach at all schools around the Riverland and also convener of Riverland School Sport. So mm-hmm. that takes up a lot of my time these days, is organising all the sporting events and yeah, lots of trips to Adelaide with the kids and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, so I go to Adelaide with cross country and athletics and swimming, and then I coach the footy and the cricket. Mm-hmm and sort of oversee all the district carnivals and all the other state carnivals. So love being involved in that. And apart from that, I just love living in the Riverland and getting out on the river and yep. Spend time doing with stuff family with and... the family and kids yep. and friends. Um, yeah, Donna and I were going to move to the Riverland for two years, 15 years ago. So, yeah. you know, sort of, we've sort of stuck here and I think very footy club and just how good the region is and our jobs and mm-hmm. the people is just a fair part of that. Yeah, that's a pretty good advertisement for both the Riverland and your footy club, I think, there, that, you know, you did only come here for two years and, and now you're still here. That's terrific. Yeah, it's funny. I like, watching Goody Saints in the grand final yesterday. Like, there's a few people I was talking to there and sort of we were talking about, oh, how come you didn't ever come back? And uh, I was always going to go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were Adelaide people and we were always going to just come here for a couple of years and enjoy it and go mm-hmm. back, but that yeah, didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And just lastly, mate, um, so 2020 season obviously didn't get un- underway for the seniors. How much are you looking forward to 2021 and, and what can we expect from the Berry Footy Club? Um, well, yeah, really looking forward to it, especially not being able to play this year. It's sort of been pretty tough on me. Um, really looking forward to playing with just that bunch of under 18s we've got. Mm-hmm. You know, they unfortunately lost the grand final to uh, Loxton North this year, but apart from that, they've gone two years undefeated. And um, I reckon there's a really good core there that can make up our A grade team for the next few years. So yep. I'm going to try and hang on and win a flag with those guys and maybe throw my boots in the bin on the way off, see yep. what happens. <laughs> you mentioned the under 18s, and that's been something that Berry's really improved significantly over the past probably five, six years, isn't it? That, that junior program and these kids coming through and you can see that the team, Berry teams are now having success in, in the junior grades and hopefully translates to senior footy soon. Yeah, hopefully it does. Um, I mean, previously we've probably had some decent under-18 teams sort of five, six years ago that a lot of the kids moved away, whereas this group, a lot of them staying. Mm-hmm. So I think we can make a really good team out of, out of those guys if we look after them and they look after us. Brilliant, mate. And just to finish off, we'll go into our fast five, just five quick, quick fire questions, mate, and uh, just answer them as quickly and as uh, as best you can. Question one: If you had to choose one bloke to play for your life, who would it be? 
plan for my life? A uh, bit of a tricky question, that one. I guess it depends what the team actually needs. Like, um, of the guys I've played with, you could go uh, you know, Nicky Hankin or a Teasdale or Beachy to be that in and under midfielder and dishing handballs off to me, maybe. Uh, we could have maybe Mana or Scoey, someone who can do the, do the miraculous things, match-winning things, or um, I guess my old rep teammates, Kruger, Pickles... Steve-O, they'd never let you down. Um, I guess the guy I've played the most games with in my career is Clint Ridgway, so let's let him play for my life. He'll be in and under. He'll boss me around and tell me where to go to get the ball, and hopefully we win and I'll stay alive. Uh, what would you rather win, a Willis medal or a Fisher Cup? Fisher Cup. Straight off the bat, beautiful. You, you can't drink out of a Willis medal, can you? <laughs> If you win enough of them, you probably could. <laughs> Is it true you play a game called Dice Footy where matches are determined by the roll of the dice and you complete entire seasons <laughs> doing this? No, I've never played that game. Um, there's a, there is a recruit who uh, came to Bury for a year yeah. and um, I had to go and pick him up for training one night and he was, he was playing that game. <laughs> and give us the name. <laughs> oh, he is a recruit who played for Barry for only one year and um, he won a Willis. Oh, well, that, that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> narrows it down a fair bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, who's the biggest pest at the Barry Football Club? Biggest pest? Jeez, there's been a lot of pests over the years. There's uh, Clint Ridgeway and there's uh, Greg White, Chris Schofield. Les Pearson was a massive pest, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pump is probably the, the modern day pest we've got at the moment. Yep. Um, one quick story about a couple of pests probably is um, I'd probably say Greg White and Chris Schofield. I'd spent the whole school holidays rearranging our jukebox, putting new CDs in there, putting new labels there and all that sort of stuff. And one night they've gotten in there and decided to mix them all up. And, um, <laughs> so people are putting on, you know, Leaving End or Pearl Jam or something in there coming up with Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. So, <laughs> and the look of embarrassment when you're up there putting your selection in and the wrong song comes on. That's right. You just punched it in. I mean, Scoey still denies that he did this, but I know he did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're sniggering every time someone puts the wrong song on. <laughs> Luckily, we rigged up that jukebox. He didn't have to pay for it. But yep. um, you still had to pay because <laughs> your selections were... <laughs> Pretty ordinary. <laughs> and just lastly, mate, is it true you had to leave the ground for a number two at quarter time of the Fisher Cup one day? <laughs> well, didn't you pull yourself one day? <laughs> Twice, actually. <laughs> We're asking about you, mate. <laughs> yes, there was a Fisher Cup where I had to leave the ground at quarter time, um, only recently. <laughs> so I sent a message through one of the water runners. I think it was Reese Lehman running water for us and said, can you let Book know? Hopefully I'll be back by the start of the second quarter. <laughs> and I made it back just as the players were running out to their positions. <laughs> and, and you won the medal, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> cleared myself out, obviously. You're probably <laughs> five up, kilo lighter. and winning the game. So. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> Uh, very good, mate. Thanks for um, having a chat to us tonight. I really appreciate it. And, and having the girls on as well to talk about something that's obviously dear to your family's hearts. And um, and it's just been great to chat about your footy life. And obviously, you still got a little bit to go with your footy. So we wish you all the best, mate. All right. Thank you. Yeah.